1: Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
2: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Yep, we're good. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcasts. And I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, here we are on Wednesday, literally astride, right in the middle of the bye week. The Denver Broncos made it clear on Monday, it's the status quo. We're not changing quarterbacks. We're not firing a coach. Melvin Gordon, we still believe in him. Those are the three things. What can this team do, Zach, to turn the ship around? We know they're doing self-scouting. What are some things this team can do to improve, knowing its status quo moving forward, at least for the foreseeable?
3: The only things they can do realistically, the most significant things are the things they've already ruled out. So that would be replacing Tom McMahon or replacing Teddy Bridgewater or making Javante Williams RB1. But Vic Fangio is so stubborn, so set in his ways, and at this point I think so far gone as the Broncos head coach that he's pretending everything is hunky-dory after you got your doors blown off by the previously three-win Philadelphia Eagles at home before a bye week. A couple other things top of my head. Small, minor window dressing kind of details like making Albert O the tight end one over Noah Fant, uh, giving Caden Stearns more playing time, playing a Sang Bassi over someone like Kyle Fuller, who is continuing to look like burnt toast on the field, Chad. So, I mean, there are small things they can do, but if they want to turn the season around, if they want to become a better, more complete team, they have to be willing to take bigger risks. They have to be willing to change Offensive concepts, maybe make Mike Shula the co-OC going forward, not just Pat Shermer returning to his job. I think starting Drew Locke at this point, Chad, would be, you have nothing to lose and potentially everything to gain. So that's a big one they're taking off the table and also not replacing Tom McMahon. I love how Vic Fangio now says we, meaning him and Tom McMahon, have to do a better job coaching special teams. So on top of everything else, he's a defensive mastermind and now a special teams czar for the Broncos.
2: Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because... They save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and
3: the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick is... That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, Tick Pick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's
2: right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet-and-greet for Week 3 at- At home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yes, indeed. With an early super chat, we have the Duchess herself, Michaela. Appreciate you being with us on a sleepy Wednesday right in the middle of a bye week. And thank you for the support, as always, my friend. She says, what is your opinion? talking about coaching here on Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator as our potential next head coach. I've heard good things about him, Zach.
3: Well, is he bringing Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur along with him? I mean, that's pretty much how the Packers are getting by right now. In some cases, they don't even look as powerful as years past. I'm not even talking about Rodgers, but the entire team. So obviously Hackett's going to be on the spectrum somewhere because he's a commodity that's involved with an offense like that and a quarterback like that, but I'll take a more accomplished play caller that's proven on their own, even though they've had talent around them, that they can develop that talent and make him better. When Nathaniel Hackett got there, Rodgers was still a future Hall of Famer, but the same can't be said about someone like Helen Moore working with Dak Prescott, Brian Dayball working with Josh Allen, Greg Roman working with Lamar Jackson. I would want those three well before I want Nathaniel Hackett.
2: You know, one of the things is, and this was something that um, Scott reminded me of, when it's an offensive coordinator whose legend has grown and his star has risen in the league, thanks to basically calling the plays for a future Hall of Fame quarterback, like a Josh McDaniels, right, who was the bell of the ball in the 2009 um, coaching hiring cycle, just just be cautious. It doesn't mean that they're not good. It doesn't mean that they don't have something that you know they can bring to the table. It doesn't mean that they couldn't be your answer at head coach, but you have to really examine them and say how much of whatever production they're hanging their hat on with their resume is their own ingenuity, their own, you know, the sweat off their own brow, so to speak, and how much has to do with that quarterback. So He's an interesting name to keep in mind. And, you know, it kind of fits into that, at the end of the day, Shanahan coaching tree because LaFleur sprouted off of McVeigh, McVeigh sprouted off Shanahan. So, you know, in a weird way, it does end up being uh, incestuous that way. Travis Tarbox, good to see you, buddy. Thank you for uh, jumping in early. He says, evening, Priest and Broncos country. I have to agree with you. Fangio is riding this Titanic into the abyss joining uh, Leonardo DiCaprio at the bottom of the CZ.
3: You know what I wonder, though? This this is a thought that came to me. How much does he really care if he's fired, Fangio? I get the feeling like maybe he would want to go back to being a defensive coordinator, being a bigger fish in a smaller pond than running the Broncos operations as the head coach. That's just all tinfoil speculation on my part, but this was a career assistant for 30-something-odd years. So that's why I think part of why Fangio is so stubborn is because he doesn't care. Either way, he's good. He's going to get a paycheck as the Broncos' head coach, or he'll be fired and quickly snatched up for another paycheck as a DC somewhere else. That's just my own opinion, though.
2: I just I can't believe that they're not... I shouldn't say can't believe. Of course I can believe it, but it really does uh, stick in my craw that Fangio... Less than 24 hours removed from that beatdown at the hands of the Eagles, was not even. I mean, maybe the answers could have been something like this, Zach. Hey, Coach, do you anticipate any changes coming uh, in the offense? Can you work in Drew Locke? What are your thoughts here entering the bye week? You know that we'll we'll consider all options. Right now, we're focused on doing what we can to improve. We'll do a little self scouting. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Something to that effect. He completely slammed the door on any notion of Drew Locke uh, coming to uh, the table here. Marcus Lewis, Hannah from across the pond. What's up, buddy? Appreciate you being with us. Love and respect right back at you. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Zach, the Denver Broncos, uh, I don't think we even really talked about this because it happened over the weekend, and then we'll grab Vincent here, but the Broncos signed a quarterback over the weekend and then cut him yesterday. I can pull up the article, but what is up with that? Because I know you had the report for us.
3: Well, you know, in terms of what Fangio was saying, Chad, to your previous point about his messaging, this is the same guy that refers to the Broncos' offense as they. So, I mean, so he's totally disconnected. He has no idea what he's doing. The quarterback was Danny Etling. He was a 2018 draft pick of the Patriots. And since then, he's been a journeyman. He's never thrown an NFL regular season pass. He was involved with the Falcons temporarily. Uh, The Seahawks, I think the Vikings as well. He was around with the Broncos for a whopping three days, putting pen to paper on Saturday and getting uh, waived yesterday from the practice squad along with Shaq Calhoun, the guard, like you can see there. Um, Not much to it other than he was always an emergency body just in case they had another CV outbreak. And as Mike Kliss says right there, uh, Drew Locke's probably coming off the CV list soon to be the number two, hopefully, behind Teddy Bridgewater. Time
2: will tell. All right, um, we'll come back to this here in not a minute. Not the number Vincent, three,
3: by the way. I hope you know he didn't lose his you know spots at Brett Rippin.
2: Vincent, appreciate you, my friend. It's good to see you. It's been a minute, I feel like, since we've seen the great VP. He says, until the Broncos have com- a committed owner, the players and coaches and even the GM are not accountable for their actions on the field or off. Nothing will change until we find an owner. You know, there's, there's two uh, sources – let me stop sharing here, uh, with which the Broncos' shot callers, as you say here, Vincent, are accountable to ownership, which there is none, right, as you point out, and to the fans. And people think, or you hear coaches and GMs talk as if the fans um, have nothing to do with the with with what happens on the day-to-day grind and what happens on the field and whatnot. On, on one hand, Zach, that's true. On the other, the fans are who pay the salaries, all right? The fans are who... You know, um, six-year deal for George Payton. It's owner-proof, whatever, ownership-change-proof. Fans can exercise their power and exert pressure one way or another by simply using their wallets. They either show up on Sundays, which is a passive, um, you know, you're, you're accepting what's happening if you show up in a way. That's how they interpret it. Now, you start getting half the stands in this, Famous, you know, team that has been sold out dating back to 83 or 84, whatever it is now. And maybe that sends a message that in and of itself, Zach, is a form anyway of accountability.
3: Yeah, I mean, it would definitely, I I think, send a, a, a small noteworthy message, but the sect of fans willing to go through those lengths, like you just outlined there, this is a Broncos franchise that has thousands of people on their season ticket waiting list. I mean, this is one of the best fan bases, if not the best fan base in the NFL. So it'd be a very small minority that would be willing to stop going to the games, stop watching the games, stop buying stuff, and continuing to shut out the Broncos despite them wanting to watch the Broncos and for Denver to be good. George Payton, Joe Ellis, John Elway, everyone involved knows that. There's still going to be 60,000 people at the stadium at least, Chad, every single Sunday regardless of how bad they look. And I got a question on Twitter is George Payton kind of a lame duck now? Would that entice the Broncos, you know, leadership to retain Vic Fangio? And my response was ownership or no owner. You have to let the new guy pick the groceries at some point. There is no way that George Payton can get saddled with Vic Fangio two years in a row. They tried making it work one year. It's not working out regardless of the new owner, whether it comes next year or not. George Payton's going to be around and he has to be able at least one time to pick his own head coach.
2: Yes, indeed, and Mike, it's good to have you with us, my friend. And that's even something Fangio, for what it's worth. All right, uh, I want to talk about our approval rating poll for the Fangio Bridgewater um, ticket here in a little bit. But one thing to to give a little bit of credit to to Vic Fangio on Monday, he kind of tipped his cap to the fans and said, "This is the best fan base uh, in the country." I want to, he says, quote. You know, is the question to him was, is there a common denominator that he has observed as to why the Broncos have issues playing at home versus on the road? Quote, no, we've looked at it and there isn't. We had a tremendous crowd uh, there yesterday. We really appreciate the support of the fans. We have the greatest fans in the NFL. Ultimately, we just have to coach better and then get our guys to play better. Mm. Travis Weber. Good to see you, buddy. Glad to hear, by the way, that you got your jersey from last month in the mail. He's he's rocking his uh, Pat Sertan jersey in the profile pic right along with his football priest hat. Love it, dude. He says, again, want to say thank you for the jersey. I'm really loving it. I was asked an interesting question. Would you rather keep this coaching staff and have a different quarterback or keep Teddy with a new coaching staff? I couldn't really answer. What would you pick? Zach, that's a real Sophie's choice, right? That's that's really like uh, when you're a teenager and you come up with weird questions to ask yeah. your, your friends and stuff. Like, all right, if there's a gun to your head and you had to choose this or that, what would you do? Go, you know? It's like that. But I'd probably take the second one. I'd probably take the other option because I just don't think these coaches have what it take. It takes Zach. And if you went and got a new quarterback next year with this same coaching staff you're going to get similar results. I, I just don't think they have the competency to develop a young quarterback. Now, if you got Aaron Rodgers, different story, because everything falls into what Aaron wants, just like when Peyton came here. You know, Mike McCoy, he threw out the original McDaniels playbook that he had, threw out the Tim Tebow, you know, we're going to change things up on a dime in the middle of the 2011 season and go from McDaniels' spread system to the most prolific rushing attack in the league. Threw all that out and said, Peyton, we'll keep our verbiage so that we're only having to train one person, new person on verbiage, but we'll use your, the plays you want. Go. Aaron Rodgers would do that for you. Maybe I could trust it in that kind of a scenario.
3: Well, you know, it's asking whether you want to get you know hit by a car or die in a house fire. It's not really two great choices, and I would take the bullet in that situation. just put me out of my misery. Um... I would tend to think, though, I'll take good coaching because they can coax better quarterbacking. It doesn't really work in reverse. So if the Niners can get to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, if the Rams can get there with Jared Goff, I'll take the coaching staff. But please, if preferable, better coaching staff, better quarterback. Please, not asking a lot. Yeah. Nunzi, what's going on, big dog? He says, I saw
2: uh, Benjamin Albright mention Dan Quinn a few times a while back. Something about ties to Peyton. Please tell me no. Give me Kellen Moore, Mike McDaniel, Brian Dayball, or a sleeper, Brian Callahan, whose father was one of the most venerated O-line coaches and, of course, former Raiders head coach. You know, Mike McDaniel is a name we don't talk about enough, but I, I, Mike McDaniel is the uh, – he's a sleeper option, but I just don't know that he's had enough experience under his belt in the right. big boy responsibilities to all of a sudden be a head coach. But then again, I thought the same about Zach Taylor and look what he's doing because he got the quarterback, right? Zach Taylor's name was mud in Cincinnati that first year. Then he got the quarterback and they backed off. And then of course he gets hurt. And now this year, Zach Taylor, because he's got the quarterback again, things are okay. But Zach, your thoughts to this, what you've heard and what you could maybe intuit from the whole Dan Quinn ties to Peyton, all that.
3: Well, I respect the hell out of Albright. I don't really think this list is... Uh, it, it will be accurate come January when the Broncos are on the search for Vic Fangio's successor. I, I tend to think that they're going to go for an offensive guy. You have to, you know, look at the results now. Vance Joseph, defensive guy. Vic Fangio, defensive guy. You kind gotta, of you gotta have to find the next offensive mind. And that list also included names like Jason Garrett, Jonathan Gannon. I mean, these are retreads to the max. I've heard Mike Zimmer, too. I want no nothing to do with him. Hard pass. Uh, Dan Quinn is just like Vic Fangio. Horrible head coach. Really good defensive coordinator. The Broncos game notwithstanding, doing a lot of good in Dallas right now. I will take Helen more easy, but that might be the most obvious choice here. And very rarely, Chad, does the obvious actually turn out in reality. But those are our guys, the three that they named. And I'll be happy with any single one of them. But George Payton might want a season guy. He might want to get his Mike McCarthy, so to speak. And not lean on a young guy like Helen Moore.
2: You know, that would make sense if you had a, an already plugged in, you know, proven kind of plug and play quarterback. Like, I get it the Dak Prescott, you know, he's still a young guy. He's still kind of forging his NFL legend, but he's proven, right? Like, if he's in the lineup, the Dallas Cowboys, more often than not, are winning ball games. And so you can afford, I think, to kind of rest on the laurels of a retread who. You know, you like his upside. You feel like you learned from his past mistakes and he's accomplished a little something maybe in the league. In this case, I, I think you'd be playing with fire because the Broncos tried to retread not too long ago in the form of John Fox. And I'm telling you right now, you if you fail to land the biggest free agent fish in the history of the NFL in the spring of 2012, John Fox does not proceed to lead your team to three more consecutive AFC West titles. It's just, he just, he, very similar to Dan Quinn, very similar to um, Vic Fangio, although Vic's not a retread. They're very bright defensive minds. They're, I don't know that I'd consider Fangio a player's coach, but Foxy and Quinn, definitely player's coaches. I don't think so. They're more, again, <laughs> we talk about this all the time, head coach, Zach, of the defense. Yep. They basically, like Mike Zimmer, same thing. He has to go out and hire a Gary Kubiak. I know Gary's gone now, but, or retired, pardon. But nevertheless, he has to go hire a guy that he can trust to kind of babysit and run the offense because that's just 100% outside his wheelhouse. Now, you look at a guy like Mike Shanahan, as an example, dialing it back, and then we'll grab Tony. Thanks for being patient, Tony. You know, when he came in, his expertise as as a coach, you know, when he was hired to be the head coach in, what was it, 95? Yeah, 95, was completely on. The offensive side of the ball, he hired defensive coordinators to run the defense, but he was still very involved and very on top of what was going on on the defensive side. So, you know, it's uh, there's a few names on that list I like, but Kellen Moore, Brian Dayball, to me, rise to the top.
3: I, you know, I agree with you. If you hire a retread like Mike McCarthy, at least you have a young protege. A successor waiting in the wings like Helen Moore. Bruce Arians has Byron Leftwich, for example. Andy Reid, you know, they're all great coaches, but, you know, Andy Reid has Eric Bienemy. So you can do one or the other. I would hate, though, for George Payton to hire Mike Zimmer and, and then get a retread OC. Not him necessarily, but someone like Mike McCoy, who's just keep recycling through jobs, bouncing around the league. I want young innovation. Whether that comes from the OC or the head coach, preferably the same guy calling the plays. I just want to see forward-thinking, progressive offense. Again, not asking a lot.
2: Tony D.A. Dub, good to see you, bro. Thank you for that extremely generous super chat, my friend. means the world to us. You know that, and it was great meeting you. Oh, so briefly at the meet and greet, he says, Teddy is the same guy that said he could go into a jungle and come out wearing a uh, lion's coat, but can't make the effort for a tackle. Nice observation there. I should have remembered that when I was writing up today's article, the one that, that I published. he says, we, as Broncos fans, ripped Cam Newton for not diving in for a fumble but defending Teddy. Please give me a break. I feel you, but here's the one exception I'll take here, Tony. I'm not seeing too many here and there, Broncos fans defending Teddy on that topic. It's pretty hit and miss for the most part, or pretty miss. The the majority, and we can look at this poll, Zach, were quite um,
3: mortified – by what Teddy did or didn't do, let's say, Sunday? I would say it's like 80-20. I saw some, uh, you know, think pieces that it's not Teddy Bridgewater's job. He shouldn't risk his his throwing shoulder, shouldn't risk his body. He gives the Broncos the best chance to win, and I am definitely not on that that mindset. I am about he's a football player. The play is happening. Go make a freaking tackle. If Peyton Manning can do it coming off neck surgery, you can stick your neck in there as well. So I'd say it's about 80-20, but here's my counterpoint to that. If the quarterback in that game was Drew Locke, it wouldn't be 80-20 at all.
2: No, 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 no. He would be literally, potentially literally crucified. Uh, Check this out. And then, first of all, let me grab Yvonne here. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you for being with us. He says, hey guys, based on your comments about Fangio showing no interest, maybe it's because Peyton already told him that he's gone no matter what. So do you get the sense, Zach, that perhaps Fangio's... Reticence to make any kind of change that could potentially spark the team is due to perhaps already being told you're done. I don't think so, but what are your thoughts?
3: That's it's certainly not great to build morale telling the coach in midseason that he's going to be fired soon. So no, George Payton's a guy who's very meticulous. I mean, he's very honest and very open. He's not snaky. You know, he's not. uh, He doesn't try to subvert people or the media. I don't think he told Fangio that he's gone no matter what, but I think Fangio might know, barring a playoff berth, which seems unlikely right now, that he's going to have to tidy up his resume in January. Take
2: a look at this poll. We also put it out on Twitter. I can take a look at the results on Twitter. I haven't checked it yet today. I looked at it a little bit yesterday, but the question was as simple, it's almost like the kind of poll you'd get in an election year, Zach. It's time for a Broncos country poll. Do you approve or disapprove of the job Vic Fangio and Teddy Bridgewater are doing? Thousand votes from our YouTube community. Seven percent approve. <laughs> this team's five and five, mind you. So this, I think in part, Zach, has to do with the the phenomenon which that is recency bias, right? What was the last thing that happened? An embarrassing loss. If we would oppose this same poll the Monday after the Cowboys win, might not have been reversed exactly 93 to 7% in favor but it would definitely would have been uh less stark let's put it that way but what are your takeaways here from only 7% of our cross section of Broncos fans which i think is a pretty fair sample size it's a fair cross section of of bronco fans approving of this regime
3: well you you say it's a recency bias i also think it's uh a relative bias because brandon i mean teddy bridgewater he, they say he's the best broncos quarterback since peyton manning and on paper there's stats and analytics to back that up and if you watch the games and if you actually track the data to see where it goes their offense is even more inefficient than it was last year so that's the problem with keeping the incumbents around keeping the big hitters in place like vic fangio and pat Shermer. They could change the quarterback, but what would they change it to? A less dynamic quarterback. They went from Drew Locke, a guy they can build in, to a quarterback that has no future in Denver. And that turned off a lot of the fan base, Chad. It wasn't just us. You know, there was a a big outreach of criticism when he went with Bridgewater over Drew Locke. And if if you make that decision, you have to nail that. You have to come out and win. You can't lose games to Rich Bisaccia, Case Keenum, Jalen Hurts, you have to make sure your decision is the reason why the Broncos are winning. And not only that, it's the reason why the Broncos are losing games now, Teddy Bridgewater, literally losing games.
2: This is not a rhetorical question, and then we're grabbing Drew. Did Drew Locke at any point preside as a starting quarterback? He's got 18 starts, right? Did he ever preside over a four-game losing streak? Tennessee loss. Comes back, beats the Patriots, loses week Seven, eight, or pardon, seven, wins week eight, loses week nine. I'd have to go and look at it, but I don't think so. And I say this maybe down the stretch. Let me let me double check that. But Zach, to your point, if you're going to make that controversial decision, as you said, you got to hit it out of the park. A four-game losing streak in the first frame of the season in no way, shape, or form qualifies as hitting it out of the park. And then we'll grab Drew.
3: You know, I don't think it happened under Drew Locke, but here's the thing. The the messed up part is Vic Fangio would have never allowed it to get to that point. He would have looked for any reason to bench Drew probably after three games. So he gives... Teddy a lot more leeway, and he detests Drew Locke, at least as a football player, plus the media and the fans would not have allowed Drew Locke to survive a four-game skit. They were calling for his head for rapping and dancing on the sideline amidst a victory. Can you imagine what he, the reaction would have been? They lose four games, and they come out on Sunday, and Drew Locke doesn't get his arm in there, doesn't attempt to do anything. Be a lot yeah, so, worse.
2: so check this out. So the 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 win when he comes back from the shoulder at the Patriots. Then he loses ugly to the Chiefs. Then he comes back from behind, beats the Chargers at home. Then he loses in consecutive weeks to the Falcons and Raiders. Comes back, beats the Dolphins week eleven, week twelve didn't play because we know it was uh, CV gate. Week thirteen loses to uh, the Chiefs in Kansas City. Then he beats the Panthers. Then he loses to Buffalo, loses to the Chargers, loses to Vegas. So he had a three-game losing streak. That's the longest, and it was to end the season after the team had already been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So I submit to you, and I'm grabbing you right now, Drew, that if Locke had presided over a four-game losing streak at any point while the Broncos were still mathematically viable, Fangio would have pulled the plug. Drew, how to fix this? And thank you for the Super Chat, bro. Good question. Good question. I'd start with firing Fangio McMahon and Shermer. Start lock, make Pookie the lead back, and Jonathan Cooper the rest of the year, and give Stearns, Alberto, Aseng Bassi, and Mike Ford more snaps. Yeah, these are all things that if we could just madden this thing and tweak it ourselves, absolutely, Drew. The question here that we're posing at the top of the show was knowing, right, that Vic Fangio is sticking status quo. It's going to be Teddy. It's going to be... Tom McMahon, it's going to be Vic. It's going to be Melvin Gordon, probably still running back one. What can they do? And Zach, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. There's a few tweaks you can make personnel-wise. The biggest thing is you're going to – there's three phases of this this team that if they do not improve it coming out of this bye, they're done for. Third down percentage, red zone, and I'm talking offense – and then on defense, they've got to figure out how to manufacture a pass rush, whether Bradley Chubb's on the field or not. If they don't fix those, or if they fix two of them and one of them doesn't, I'm telling you right now, this team is going to play itself out of a playoff uh, potential within the first you know, three games coming out of the bye.
3: Just to put a bow on the Drew Lock topic of your, uh, Chad, if you look at the three-game losing streak, the last game he lost was that Raiders' season finale. He was actually the only one keeping him in that game. He played one of the best games of his career in that game. It was Fangio in the defense losing that game. And you know what? Teddy Bridgewater might not have done anything to lose the Broncos those games over that four-game losing streak, but he didn't do anything to win the games either. And that's the problem. If he's not making the Broncos better, he's making the Broncos worse. In terms of what Drew said, I, you know, we're sharing a brain there. There's only so many things they can do cosmetically to maybe, you know, eke another win out or so. But if they want to fundamentally change the Broncos organization and make them a successful franchise going forward, you got to make bigger changes. And what you mentioned there, you know, you laid out firing Thick, firing Pat Shermer, firing Tom McMahon. You're talking about a, a third of the coaching staff. So at this point, it's looking like Peyton's going to just ride it out and get rid of them all in January.
2: Shane Daniels, the Aviator. What's going on, brother? Appreciate you. He says, "What are your predictions for the rest of the season? What the record and when does Fangio get fired?" Uh, good question. Let's uh, let's pull up. Let's pull up the old schedule here, Zach. While I do, do you have any feel for uh, when you think the axe is going to fall for Vic?
3: Fifty-four days from today, which would be Black Monday. In the NFL, the first Monday after the season when coaches will get fired and barring a playoff berth, which seems unlikely right now, considering how they played, how they've been playing. I don't see it happening in terms of record, Chad, we're, we can break it down, but they don't have an easy second half of their schedule. They have divisional games. They have you know, some interconference games. Detroit is the only team that looks like a gimme. But with this Broncos outfit this year, there ain't no gimmies anymore. There's no
2: such thing. Yeah. So, the current standings in the AFC West, you got the Chiefs at the top at six and four, Chargers at five and four, and Raiders at five and four. Chargers narrowly edge them out, but they have the same record. And then the Broncos, five and five. So, they come out of this bye and they got to take on Justin Herbert and company at home. I think this is a game where the Broncos get their dander up. You know, they get hyped because it's one of Fangio's disciples, it's a second division game on the schedule. They've had their bye. But it's one of those where I really believe, Zach, the entire season hinges on what happens in this game. Because week 11, you got your bye. It's coming off of a embarrassing loss that had a controversial moment to the Eagles, which was only two games removed from a four-game losing streak. If they, to the best, all the Kings horses, all the Kings men, come out of this bye, Zach, and lose at home to the Chargers, I think the rest of the schedule, you, you might not win another game. They might just have let all the air out of the balloon but if they find a way somehow to beat the chargers at home then i think all things kind of become possible again for them in terms of not really probably the division but at least playing themselves into wild card position your thoughts on look week 12 chargers week 13 on the road chiefs week 14 you're home against the lions as you said this is the only cupcake left on their schedule how do you see these first three games coming out of the bye shaking out?
3: well how often have we said that this year about the Broncos? This is the game they're going to get up for, the season's on the line. I said that going back to the Pittsburgh game, then the Cleveland game, and then even the Philadelphia game. And every single time in those instances, the Broncos have fallen short. And let me tell you something. Even if they win this game and if they get all their, like you say, dander up and they expel their entire, you know, you know, uh, mm-hmm, load mm-hmm. For, for lack of a better word, can you really expect them to come back the next week and face Kansas City who are just catching their stride right now. Mahomes just threw five touchdown passes, and if they're getting hot, the Broncos have no chance. That's two divisional games in a row. I can see them winning one, but if they lose the other, aren't they right back into square one coming out of the bye week? You need a winning streak.
2: It's more of what I mean is, and I'm not predicting per se, that the Broncos come out of the bye with their dander up. I'm saying that they're going to try to. They're going to try coming out and their intensity level, if it's not enough, to overcome the Chargers that's where I think you see the balloon completely pop and then things really really go off the rails but if they find a way to win this game whether it's a closer a close game or if they win it handily it doesn't make a difference to me i think it gives them enough of a confidence
1: Paid for by America First Legal.
2: Infusion, for lack of a better term, to kind of weather what remains, which is the Chiefs, Lions, uh, Chiefs, Lions, Bengals, Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs. I still I don't like it, man. I don't think they have the spiritual constitution, whether it's Teddy under center right now, or especially I should say with Teddy under center, I don't think they have what it takes to Come out of this bye and just knock down these dominoes. I think you're looking at them. They got five division games remaining. If I had to make a prediction now, and this is very loose without doing a lot of research, but just going off the surface, I'm going to say the Broncos finished with somewhere like seven wins. They're five and five now. So what is that? Seven and ten? Vic Fanjo's gone.
3: You know, If you annihilate the Cowboys, shouldn't their confidence have been high going into the Eagles game and how'd that turn out for them? It it doesn't really matter in in the Vic Fangio era what they do the previous week because they can look like a whole different team the next week. I think the season's kind of shot. That Philadelphia game and the Teddy Bridgewater, the divide now between some of the fan base and him and, and the coaching staff and the Broncos players, it's too much to overcome. I see eight and nine right now, and I don't think that's enough for Vic Fangio to survive either.
2: Dude, it is Terry Randall. I knew it. I knew it was Terry. I suspected it was Terry. Now I know it's Terry. What's going on, big dog? Good to see you. Up in Canada, you prove it. every single time you're with us, Broncos country, not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Good to see you. Appreciate you. Long time superstar. Edward Keating, another one of our Mount Rushmore superstar supporters, says, Hi, everyone. I'm done with Teddy and this coaching staff. They make me sick. Once Teddy quit on his teammates and openly admits, uh, that he can't tackle Slay, I'm confident in saying Lock is better than Teddy, and it's time for a change. Zach, what's your what's your take on the notion that he, a guy can make a mistake, right? Like a guy can fail to meet the expectation in a single moment. Like I've not that's the only instance of Teddy that I that I could recall off the top of my head this year where he mailed it in. Do you forgive the fact that he mailed it in on a play knowing that it was perhaps the exception, not the rule, or do you read further into that as some sort of symptom of what maybe he really is or how he views his place on this team? Because to me, it was like a business decision. And then even some of his verbiage after the game or Monday, I should say, uh, where he's talking about, you know, you don't want to put that kind of film on, uh, you know, that kind of play on tape or whatever. It's like, you could be saying that in a general sense, but it comes off like you're going. I'm tr- still trying to audition for other teams out there, and I don't want to put that on on my resume, so to speak, right? So, to me, it's like, is is his focus really on the 2021 leading the 2021 Denver Broncos, or is he trying to get another contract?
3: He's worried about putting that on tape, and not about air mailing fourth down passes in the end zone or holding on to the ball too long. That suddenly appeals to him. The tape there. I guess I would forgive him, but I wouldn't forget that he did that, Chad. And for me, all it did was confirm the type of quarterback and really the type of individual based on his personality that Teddy Bridgewater is. Once again, this is a guy that's not on social media. He doesn't watch TV at home. He doesn't literally read anything or get involved in anything in the 21st century. That's not really conducive, and when you have a coach like Vic Fangio especially so, to winning in today's NFL. So I don't think he's in love with football. I don't think it's his number one passion. It's an all-consuming, you know, profession for him i think it showed who he really is and that's exactly why he's bounced around from team to team to team to team brady sticks his neck in there peyton manning literally stuck his neck in there those are real franchise quarterbacks teddy bridgewater has shown repeatedly he's on a franchise quarterback and once again when someone shows you who they are believe them the first time
2: that's something that we talked about all offseason you know teddy is what he is he's a uh, competent quarterback he's not a franchise guy. He's a, he's a fail safe. He's a stopgap. He's a bridge, like come up with whatever term that you feel like best defines it, but we're all still talking about the same thing here. And yet Vic Fangio deluded himself into thinking something else. When the only shot you had on this roster of a guy that could maybe be that franchise guy is drew luck in terms of potential and upside that I still believe is mostly untapped. I don't know if any if Drew Locke's ever going to get the chance to fully tap into his potential again with the Broncos, but some coach in the NFL will give him a, a whirl at some point in the future. And you know, I'd like to think that at some point he's going to he's going to play well. Real quick, Zach, shout out to Big Ern, one of our longtime listeners and and community mavens. Good to see you, bro. He says, "Chad, Zach, our coaches suck, our quarterbacks suck, Melvin Gordon sucks, but go Broncos." I feel you. <laughs> Real quick, an update. Guys, we uh, haven't quite hit goal. I mean, we got out to the goal lickety split. I mean, we're going to probably cross it tonight would be my guess. So kudos to you. There's definitely going to be a jersey raffled off at the end of this month because we're hitting goal. Whoops. Um, and the people in the running for that jersey, we're going to go over here in just a quick second. But, guys, you know, we, we said, hey, if we can get to the goal by when we saw how quickly we got out early in the in the month, if we can get to the goal at the midway point of the month we'll end up creating a new goal and we could end up raffling up off multiple jerseys in the same month doesn't look like well it didn't happen right we didn't get there quietly quite there anyway uh by the end of the 15th of november but i think we'll cross it tonight and so over the next couple of weeks uh as we finish up november we'll come up with some ways we're, we're talking about it now to uh incentivize people to still want to work towards something on Facebook. And the people in the running for the Jersey right now, by the way, here's the uh, leaderboard that are going to have the most names and tickets in the hat. So to speak, Randy up in Alaska, Travis Weber, Shane Daniels, Tim Hoffman, Andrew Lampy, Andrew Baker, Travis Tarbox, Doug Raquel, Morgan Henry, Pete Middleton, Matt Beatty, Michael Ronquillo, Nathan, Mike Reno. So just an FYI, and we can update the super chat here in a few as well. Michaela speaking of super chat superstars, and MHH royalty, she says, if fans want to make a change and take a stand, then they should boycott the games. Hit them where it hurts. Now look, I bring it up as as a way that fans can hold the team accountable by doing that. But I just want to be clear to everybody. I am not advocating for fans to do that. Okay. I, I think that, you know, regardless of how this season shakes out, I think it's already kind of written in the stars. And uh, whether there's 60,000 people at Empower Field a mile high or half of that, from here on out, I still think the team is gonna finish where it's going to finish.
3: Right. Change
2: is gonna come. It sucks, Zach, that it comes at the expense of yet another wasted year. But change is coming. So take heart in that.
3: Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. What I was gonna say was I don't think it's responsible for for me or for you for that matter to advocate people not to go to the games or how to be a fan or not to be a fan, whatever. So if you guys want to do that, that's all your prerogative. I agree with what Chad's saying, though. Whether 60,000 go or 30,000 go, the results are going to be the results, and it's probably going to result in the Broncos undergoing a coaching search. So it's a little bit of a down period to get to a good period. you got to kind of go through the bad to get to the good. It's been a lot of bad over the last five years, but maybe now the tide is turning.
2: Marcus wants to know the way the Broncos are playing, what person would want to buy the team. That really doesn't have that much to do with a billionaire or a group uh, coming together to buy a team because a team, even whether it's it. Jacksonville or the Broncos, is a very lucrative um, asset to own, especially if you're a billionaire. So, you know, I, I really don't think that thins the herd of potential suitors for new ownership personally.
3: I'm right there with you. Yeah, it's all an investment, and asset, like you said. It's, it's yeah. a toy for a billionaire.
2: Like Scott says, who would want to? Someone who wants to make another billion dollars in seven years? You know. Uh, Claude, what's good? It's an odd and unfamiliar feeling, says Claude, to find myself looking forward to catching the podcast more than the actual product on the field. More than any player or coach, I'm hoping for some solid ownership to reset our standards and culture Go Broncos. Yeah, dude. Just the just the feeling of accountability, man, at the within the organization. Right now it feels like the only potential source of accountability comes from, you know, the fans coming together at some point and saying no moss and just stop showing up and all that. But it would be good, Zach, to have a feeling of there is a you know, there is a, a man in charge and crap rolls downhill. And if you don't freaking toe the line, then whether you're the GM or the president of this operation or this or that, the coach, you could be handed your walking papers on at a given moment. It's their prerogative. They're the owner.
3: Well, that's an awesome compliment by Claude. Thank you so much for, uh, yes, for your kindness and uh, for you tuning in with us. And at least Chad, unlike Vic Fangio and company, we're accountable on the podcast. You know, we get on here when we're wrong. We say we're wrong and we own that. I wish some of the Broncos uh, leadership would do the same thing, but thank you again, Claude.
2: Travis, with some more stars, appreciate that, big dog. Thank you. Andrew Baker, another legend, says, I know things are sour right uh, Sour right now, and maybe we Broncos fans were a little spoiled with never having more than three or four losing seasons in a row since the 70s, but in George Payton we must trust, even though he should come down from his honeymoon suite now, but not much he can do right now. You know, I think there is some stuff he could do if he wanted to. Like, he could step in. And say, no, Vic, we gave it the old college try with Teddy. You thought that, it, you know, if you had a quarterback that could minimize the turnovers and, you know, keep it a kind of a buttoned up offense, rely on the running game, that your defense could win the day and we could be competitive more often than not. It just hasn't shaken out that way. We need a spark. We still have a chance at making the playoffs. This method hasn't worked. There's a chance this other one could. I'm stepping in and I'm strong arming you quarterback change. Some coaches will rebel against that, Zach. Some coaches would pull the, I forget the manager's name, but as depicted in uh, the movie Moneyball, right? When Billy bean goes down to the manager and says, play Pena, And he won't do it. He won't do it. He won't do it. So finally he goes down and says, uh, or don't play, don't play Pena. he wants the other guy or am I confusing either way? The guy in question that the coach was unwilling to move or sit down, Zach, he, the GM said, okay, cool, traded him away, right? So a coach can say, no, this is my purview. What happens on the field on a on a game in, game out is up to me, but that's when you have perhaps some security, right, as a coach. Like maybe you've got another couple of years left on your deal. There's still a honeymoon. Like Vic knows he's in a very touch-and-go scenario, so I would imagine if George Payton tried to flex and really strong-arm something like that, there might be a debate. There might be an argument over it, but I think Fangio wouldn't – Uh, subvert it if that was the directive
3: well here's the problem with doing that though I mean George Payton has shown to be mostly a hands-off GM not really a micromanager but if he suddenly changes course that's setting a bad precedent for the next head coach and if you want to hire an offensive mind a young guy to work with the offense you don't That coach might not want to work for a GM who's going to get in there and kind of uh, call the shots for him, dictate who's starting at quarterback for him. So I think George Payton is playing it smart right now, knowing that Vic Fangio more than likely isn't returning. George Payton's going to pick his own guy, and maybe the relationship they have will be different. Maybe there'll be an understanding that George Payton can make that call. Like, he can change personnel. He can dictate who starts. He can flex his power. But for right now, how they have it set up, how it was foisted on George Payton, this is Vic Fangio's ship, and wherever he guides it, he guides it, and George Payton will pick up the pieces at the end.
2: Okay, we got a question here from uh, Yvonne. Any head coaching candidates from the college ranks? Zach, is there anyone on that front that you like? Uh, Matt Campbell from Iowa State. He's pretty that good. That was the only name I was going to say. Yeah.
3: The only name. Um, not, There's not a lot this year. It's more NFL. And, and honestly, I, I much prefer the Broncos not go like the Urban Meyer path or, or someone from college like Lincoln Riley. I would want an established NFL guy. You know, I want a younger guy, but I want an NFL guy who knows how to coach at this level already.
2: Jaguars, two wins, baby. Andrew Lampy, Good to see you, my friend. Um, Nunzi jumping in again to say, does Kellen Moore's experience exceed Mike McDaniel's? Not arguing, but it seems like they've been around at least the same amount uh, of time as O.C.'s. Uh, well, let's take a off the top of my head. I'm not going to lie and tell you I have that memorized. So let me take a quick look. So Mike McDaniel, he's 38, and he has been the Niners offensive coordinator Just this season, but he's been the Kyle Shanahan's run game coordinator since he went there, and he's been a longtime offensive assistant under uh, Kyle Shanahan. Meanwhile, let me pull up. uh,
3: Kellen was also a quarterback, though, so he 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 offers a different perspective of the game.
2: Uh, Kellen Moore, for what it's worth, uh, went from being a player, uh, finished his career in 2017. Right, that was the last year he played as a player, so that's when mike mcdaniel for example was just beginning his run game coordinator uh duties so you could make a very strong argument from a coaching pure coaching experience mike mcdaniel has more experience which he does he has more experience as a coach uh as a player i don't know if mike played did he play either way he didn't play in the league so it's kind of a it's it's kind of a moot point but um it's also has a little bit to do with your fingerprints, whatever they've touched, how what does that product look like? And I think Kellen Moore has a little bit more to kind of hang his hat on, more skins on the wall, let's just put it that way, uh, at this stage than you could really point to for McDaniel.
3: If they have a choice and if they hire Mike McDaniel over Kellen Moore, I'm just like, I'm out. You know, that's, that's, that's a wrong choice. That's a bum choice. You know, Kyle Shanahan's been the brains behind that Niners offense, but it's not Mike McCarthy. That's the brains behind the Cowboys offense. That's all Kellen Moore. And if you watch the games, one guy is just way above the other, at least in my opinion. It's
2: a, it's a topic for what it's worth that Zach and I don't share perfect brain on. I do like Mike McDaniel as an option, but I want to see what the rest of the field looks like. You know, as far as You know, Some of these coaches aren't going to end up throwing their hat in the ring for a head coaching gig or they'll be tied up perhaps in the playoffs or a Super Bowl or something like that. So when it's all said and done, my opinion on that would be contingent on not only who's available but who the Broncos bring into the building because there were some guys on that last coaching cycle, Zach, in 2019 that we wanted them to interview that they didn't even call as far as we know. So uh, Tony jumping in again, can't get that lion's coat dirty (laughs) for a tackle. Yeah, no doubt i feel you i feel you mike reno says this is not just this is not just this season as it pertains to the poll it's fangio's lack of coaching ability over the last two years that drive that for sure yeah the sample size stretches beyond 2021 uh weber says if i was fangio i wouldn't care if teddy was our best chance of winning i'd bench him one game for his act on sunday He needs to be held accountable and not just thrown in front of the media and say he's wrong, but yet here we are, Fangio giving Teddy a patsy. You know, that's the one thing about Teddy's... um, Two things jumped out to me, I should say, about Teddy's remarks on Monday because, again, I gave him credit and the team. He, He didn't have to speak on Monday. In fact, again, day after, it's only been Vic this whole season, so they deviated from their usual... MO and I don't think it was because there was no game this week. It was a buy, so they're letting players talk. I think it's because of the controversial note with which that game ended and that taste it left in everybody's mouth. But the two things that jumped out to me, all credit to them for making Teddy available, was he droned on so much about Coach calling him out in the meeting, Zach, that I now I don't believe it. I don't believe Vic Fangio. He might have said, "Now, Teddy, we need a better effort here," something like that. But he, it was painted almost as if he was, made, you know, singled out and made an example of. And again, you got to go back to the Shakespearean quote: "Thou protestest too much." So that and his whole comment about putting it on tape, which, you know, I admit it could be me reading a little too far into things, putting on a tinfoil hat. But to me, it had kind of it was almost like a Freudian slip of where his heart. And his focus really lies right now. Uh,
3: You know, there's something about what the Broncos did after the game in terms of the media availability that rubbed me the wrong way. Because who did they make available? Teddy Bridgewater and Draymond Jones. Teddy Bridgewater for his missed tackle attempt and Draymond Jones for his calling out the coaching staff after the game. They could have just put out a press release or a statement of some sorts. They didn't have to pretend like they're making players available and it's a day after press conference. It was all damage control. So I take nothing of that. He can say what he wants. People can say and spin it how they want, Chad. But Teddy Bridgewater quit on the Broncos on that play, and you can argue it's the reason the Broncos lost that game. There is nothing more to be said, in my opinion.
2: Miguel, what's up to you? He says, just jumping in to say what up. Going to watch later. Right on, buddy. Appreciate you. Claude says, if Peyton rides it out with the current staff, he remains blameless for this season, whatever the outcome. He can then build from the ground up. We were all stoked about our new GM when he arrived and started making moves. Let's hope Black Monday is the beginning of a new era for our Denver Broncos and George we trust. Dot, 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 dot. Right? Go Broncos. No, I don't attribute the depredations right now to Peyton. You can say it's like the old, you know, uh, I forget where it comes from now, the, the uh, philosopher, but, you know, evil triumphs when good men do nothing, right? And so by complicity or, or by omission. You can still be complicit in a dubious act if you just don't do anything when you could have done something. So there is that to be said. But for the most part, you know, I think George Payton, he's done his his job as far as here's the ingredients cook, you know, whip something together, let's go. At a certain point, you wonder if and when and why he's not stepping in to maybe perhaps strong arm some changes. But, you know, NFL teams, again, guys, for the most part, they just don't think that way. You know, they stay the course on whatever their plan A is or originally was until mathematically they've been eliminated. Then they start, all right, let's plan for the future. Let's see what we got in these guys. And it's like, you know, it's a to me, it's a little bit of a uh, Jurassic kind of philosophy. I think you should be wise enough to know if your plan A is not working and you've got repetition after repetition and game after game that has – evidence that it's not working like you should be you should have enough fortitude and metal that's with two t's gang to say no something needs to change and we can change we can make a change now zach does that mean you just make a change to make a change you just change for the sake of change no it's only if there is a viable option with which to pivot to but let's not pretend that peyton and these broncos don't have other options including drew lock maybe they don't have something on special teams cool whatever I, i mean fine but you can make a change of quarterback with a guy that now has, you know, more than a full season's worth of starts under his belt. You can start uh, shading the touch, the lion's share of the touches, to your rookie running back who's outplayed your highly paid starter. You know, there are things you can do.
3: Can you coach special teams, though? Can Claude do it? I mean, at some point you have to make a change because the the current option is not working and you need to shake things up. I don't think they can get worse, you know, (laughs) with a new guy as opposed to Tom McMahon. In terms of George Payton, though, to to prove how rare midseason firings are from head coaches, even the most dysfunctional franchise in the NFL right now, the Houston Texans, they have a coach in David Cully who is a literal placeholder, and he knows that, the GM knows that, the fans know that, the players know that, everyone knows that, and he's hanging around the entire year with the Texans actively tanking. George Payton is the one bright spot, in my opinion, about the 2021 Broncos and going forward. I don't blame the coaching on George Payton. He was stuck with Fangio. He was stuck with Pat Shermer, Tom McMahon. And because Fangio and Shermer wield so much power, by association, he's stuck with Teddy Bridgewater for the time being now. But look at the additions that George Payton has made. People love Patrick Sertan, rightfully so, George Payton pick. People love Javante, rightfully so, George Payton pick. Caden Stearns, Brown, Browning, Quinn Miners. They even picked up Kenny Young midseason, great pickup. Those are all George Payton maneuvers. He is the, the boon for the franchise going forward. I think in George we trust absolutely.
2: Mike Reno, what worries me is we don't have a deep threat at all with Teddy at quarterback. No slants no velocity on the ball we are easy to read as a comic book that ain't funny yeah dude i mean it's it's the funny thing is is teddy can throw deep it does he have the strongest arm in the league no it's it's a natural propensity issue his propensity is to throw it short of the sticks and hope that his guy can make a man miss or catches a db sleeping or a linebacker out of position and can pick up some chunk yards like that's what he lives and dies by And just like you saw from the Eagles on Sunday, they realized pretty quick, and they knew going into the game, that he's not going to test them deep. He only threw past 17 air yards twice. One of them, it was a positive result. They drew a flag. And so what does that mean? What do they do? They drop the safety into the box. They flood the box. They flood those short area zones. Teddy holds onto the ball too long, gets hit, gets sacked. You're not moving the ball. You're not converting third downs because there is no plausible threat Forces the defense to, you know, counteract that by dr- keeping their safeties deep and, you know, linebackers not playing quite as, uh, you know, playing a less shallow or whatever verbiage you want to use. It does trickle down, Zach.
3: I, I was gonna say they don't even try throwing downfield at all. If you look at Teddy Bridgewater's passing charts, I mean, there's more completions near the line of scrimmage or behind the line than there are uh, past 15 yards. And don't tell me, oh, they don't have a deep threat, and that's why. Even when they had K.J. Hamler and all and John Brown and David Moore, they didn't use them, they didn't throw deep. And whether it's third and 20 or third and two, the pass is short of the sticks. That's not accidental, that's on purpose. That's the design of a Pat Shermer Teddy Bridgewater offense.
2: All right, guys, we're about out of time, so we got to rapid fire what remains. Travis says, I told the guys on Building the Broncos about coaching fourth through sixth grade kids for three years, and sometimes the kids had better fundamentals than our Broncos in the red zone, shooting themselves in the foot regularly. Yeah, I I feel you, buddy. Uh, Andrew Lampy says, can we talk about anything positive? We all know the problems, but there must be something positive. I'm going with the new GM. And the rookies give us hope for the future future br- uh, is bright uh you f- you feel um no there are some bright spots bro there are some bright spots trust as you said the rookie class which speaks to your other point about the GM yes there's you know that's something to write home about Justin Simmons turned the ship around it looked like he was going to be one of these casualties of gets paid and rests on his laurels he's improved um I'm really having to stretch here. We already talked about the rookies, Quinn Miners. Um, What happened to Cortland Sutton, by the way? I mean, I know now I'm straying back into negativity, but you still do have Cortland, at least for this year. He's a free agent after this year, and with how underutilized Zach he's been over the last – since Jerry Judy came back, basically, he's been completely ignored by Teddy Bridgewater. It makes me now really question, is he a priority for this team long-term? Like, why isn't there being – why isn't there more of an emphasis – To ensure that arguably your best, most dynamic offensive playmaker is not being
3: involved in the offense. Three, count them, three targets for Cortland Sutton in a pass-heavy game script against Philadelphia. That's one less than Melvin Gordon got. I mean, it's ridiculous, and the problem is the Broncos have no idea how to utilize and manage all these different weapons, Chad, from the tight ends to the running backs to the receivers. They have a coordinator who has no idea what he's doing and a quarterback that has no interest in maximizing the talent around him. That's what it boils down to.
2: Uh, based Gase, good to see you, my friend. Thank you. He says, Teddy wasn't the only captain who quit on the team, guys. Cortland Sutton did something similar in the Raiders game. When we beat Dallas, the players celebrated like they won the Super Bowl. Embarrassing. Yeah, that was one of our questions coming out of that Dallas game was, you know, was this their emotional Super Bowl, right? Where, all right, top of the mountain, guys. See you next year. And it turned out to be, unfortunately, a founded uh, misgiving. Yeah. Um, How many – Nunzi, let's let's go. Let's get those stars. Hey, appreciate that, brother. Appreciate that. I think and we got a question here too about is Bradley Chubb coming back after the buy? Fangio basically said he has no idea. That's what he said. You know, I don't know. Don't know yet. So no information to offer there. I personally doesn't feel like he's quite trending in that direction. But who knows? Maybe when we get to uh, I think the next media availability, Zach is going to be Monday. But I'm not mistaken. And so maybe we'll hear different, but now, I wouldn't expect him back yet.
3: Now, just imagine if they would have taken care of the ankle, like they should have after the season, not waited and not dilly dallyed If they had better, you know, I, I hate to say it, but better management, better leadership from Vic Fangio and the training staff. I think Bradley Chubb would be on the field right now. I, I I'd like to see him come back. If only to show what he can do opposite Jonathan Cooper for 2022 and going forward.
2: Andrew Lampy, Thank you, brother. Thank you. Um, Steve Lazowski, you the man. Appreciate that, big dog. Travis Weber saying, again, I feel fans leaving games is a sign of being fed up, which is already hurt, a hurtful sight to see. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, shout out real quick as well to uh, Michael Ronquillo. I see you in the chat, brother. Appreciate you being with us. And uh, Clayton Heron, appreciate this, bro. Love you too. Uh, yeah, Bradley Chubb, we just don't know. We just don't know. But, guys, we got to get on out of here. Um, oh, wait, Clay, Claydo. Claydo, is that the last super chat, Scott? Oh, all right, I'm gonna flash, flash him real quick. Claydo says, "If we keep this coaching staff and draft a quarterback like my man crush, Malik Willis, we will ruin him. We need to change. If a we need to change if a quarterback is going to progress, agree 100%. You know, if you got a man crush on on Willis or any other QB prospect, turning him to handing him over to Pat Shermer, like I believe it or not, maybe I'm. At this point, I am unfounded in this particular belief. But, you know, I think Mike Shula is a, is a good coach. He's a good quarterbacks coach. And I think he's a good offensive coordinator. But then you get him on the field despite all your best efforts. And the guy calling the plays is not scheming to strong suits. He doesn't have presence of mind. Pat Shermer, I just completely underwhelmed by this cap. Based case, thoughts on Doug Peterson, my number one choice. Of the potential retreads, that's one guy that intrigues me. Now it doesn't mean that I'd be like pounding the table, Zach. But if you think about what Doug Peterson, I get it. He, he kind of captured lightning in a bottle in 2017. But this cap went to the playoffs. Let's just put it, he won a world championship with a backup quarterback and went to the playoffs two years in a row with very unstable quarterback situation. To me, he's a very intriguing option where you you wonder what did he learn from how things, you know um devolved in Philly to the point where he was out like could he be a guy interesting and he's a Andy Reid acolyte for what it's worth
3: maybe it's me but I feel like Peterson is John Fox 2.0 in terms of retreads and I don't think it's good enough to get the Broncos over the hump if he was such a great coach I feel like he'd be employed still right now and not ousted in favor of Nick Sirianni I don't want to retread but I guess you could do worse Maybe, you know, Jason Garrett is worse than Doug Peterson, in my opinion. So you yeah. could do worse, for sure.
2: Rage quit 320? <laughs> I don't know what the super sticker is. Uh, we don't have time to try and find it, but thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Welcome. Connect on Twitter. All right, wait, guys. Can we
3: rage quit the Broncos season?
2: I know. That's what it feels like. You just want to turn off the Xbox right now, but you can't. Throw the controller? Is, is, is this the real life? Right? Is Oh, wait. This isn't just fantasy. This is the real life. Like eddie uh, freddie mercury once crooned zach i'll pull up facebook if you want to run her down
3: yes sir have a great night guys thank you all for tuning in this was the huddle up podcast until we see you guys uh tomorrow for the mile high mailbag no game preview this week follow the pod on twitter at huddle up pod follow the main account on twitter at mile high huddle follow chad on twitter at chad and jensen you can follow myself at kelberman NFL, go to and get yourself a dad hat, football priest hat, coffee cup, anything that you want is in that store. Also, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter. Three exclusive shows at your fingertips. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week. Also, Facebook.com slash MyLieHuddlePod. Like that page and follow that page. And if you haven't already, go Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. But we ask if you can't do any of those things, do these three things that take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you guys i can't show you the totals for today facebook's
2: um admin is being buggy so the information is not available so we'll just you know who you are um and we'll re-examine tomorrow i'm pretty sure we hit the goal so the goal has been reached and now it's about padding those stats for those who are in the running for the for the raffle and like i said zach and i and and scott and everybody we'll we'll talk about maybe some ideas to uh Come up with something fun to keep it interesting down the stretch of November because we still basically have half the month left to go. So uh, we'll, we'll revisit that tomorrow. But thank you so much, guys. Love you. Appreciate you. Keep your chin up. All right. Enjoy this bye week. Kick back. And uh, as Zach said, we'll see you tomorrow night.
3: Unfortunately, though, the Broncos have opened as home underdogs to the bye week this week. But take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies.
3: dinner.